just right off the rip, just get it going like yeah, that. Yeah, yep. All right, uh, thank you uh, yet again to for tuning in. This is, of course, Annoying Question Boy. I am, of course, your boy. Uh, here yet again with the uh, friend of the show, Troy Peters. Uh, what is it? Your fourth time on the show Something now? Something like that. Yeah, Third, fourth, you know. <laughs> you might you as well just be a co-host. A while. You lose track. Might as well just be a you co-host. You lose track, this folks. <laughs> Three. Three's a high number. Four. Four is a high number. And we don't, don't even know what those. comes after that. Uh, yeah, so we're just uh, we're gonna spend today's episode just kind of riffing and debating back and forth uh, whether or not we think either Joe Biden or Donald Trump uh, are functioning at all cognitively, uh, firing in all cylinders. Uh, you know, uh, talking about that. Then we're gonna uh, parlay that into a little bit of a, another discussion. But we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but let's go ahead and roll that intro music. All right, would you like to uh, start with Big Donnie Boy, Big Orange Man? Let's start with the Big Orange Man. I think the case in point that you need to see see or listen to to understand where Donald Trump's brain is at right now is his Tulsa rally. Um, That was a fantastic speech. His his proven ability to be able to drink water while also (laughs) failing at drinking water. This man used two hands on the glass. He was prepared for the worst to happen with that glass of water, but he did it. He got. He was it like, "They're throat. gonna, they're gonna sabotage me. They're gonna give me the hardest, most slippery glass to hold on to." And he was like, "I'm not dropping this, motherfuckers." Folks, folks, it's called condensation. You heard of it? It makes the rains. It makes the rains. Um. So I am one of the lucky ones to be able to say that I actually read that Mary L. Trump book. Oh, um, boy. And, uh, I mean, most of it is like a fever dream at this point. I um, but at the same time, I mean, most of what came out of that book was exactly what you would expect it to be. I mean, if you want a synopsis, if you don't want to read it. So Mary L. Trump paints this, you know awesome portrait of the president of the united states and what an amazing person he's supposed to be and then she spends about half of the book talking about how hillary clinton would have been a much better president (laughs) and then she spends the other half of the book just shitting on donald trump in like basically every way like she paints him as uh the liberals like to bounce back and forth between but she paints him as like this absolute bumbling fool while also being, like, this evil mastermind. And like I said, that's precisely uh, what the liberals in this country like to do. Like, they like to... They like to, like, post pictures of Trump's hair being blown to the side and him making, like, a stupid face and being, like, dumb orange man. Cheeto boy! (laughs) But then they also like to post pictures of him, like, leaning over the doomsday button every morning going, like, do I do it today? Like, he... I understand he very well could somewhat be like both, but like if your propaganda is going to be both that he's a bumbling buffoon and also an evil genius, you kind of are shooting yourself in the foot because you're not even holding a steady stance on a picture of the guy you're trying to paint, you know? 
Yeah, were you aware that liberals like to play both sides of the same argument in order to make sure they always come out on top? <laughs> they like to bet red and black at the roulette table. Hey, like, you know what? That's what's got them winning this far, and it's got what it's 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 a fucking winning formula. I mean, that's one thing you can give to the liberals. Like they know what the fuck they're doing. It's not like they're a bunch of fucking you know morons or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like. They don't even have to try, so they let slips like that just happen because they don't even have to, like... Like I said, they don't even really have to try anymore because they've, you know, they've got the mantle. True. Uh, on this topic, I have a great headline from Salon author uh, Chauncey DeVega quoting our favorite Democratic insider, Simon Rosenberg. Not sure how familiar, familiar you might be with him. Um, quote... Trump is being coached by Putin to seize power. <laughs> that's a that's another uh, that's another really good narrative that, that they like to have. That he's uh, he's part of this big global cabal of these you know dictators that uh, exist in you know real real coincidentally you know uh, uh, perceived more leftist yeah. governments. Um, Even though fucking <laughs> Russia is worse than the United States. It's a, but they're it's like, like a they were communist during the Cold War. That's why we the hated them. The wall came down in 91. These people just... That's like my least favorite thing in the world is like there was a billboard that had G-O-P, but the O was replaced by like olive branches and a hammer and sickle in the middle. I was like, come Ah. A country that can have Gorbachev as their president is certainly not left of the United States, that's for sure. <laughs> well, and then my other, the other thing that comes out of this article, most of it is hot dog shit. Just <laughs> absolute garbage. But right in the, the, the subhead, the, the Simon Rosenberg calls the Democratic Party... The most successful center-left party in the world. Center-left. Not only center-left, but fucking successful. <laughs> they lost a presidential election to a reality TV show host. They lost a thousand statewide seats under their own presidency in 2010. They I passed love... the most hot garbage piece of healthcare <laughs> legislation in the fucking industrialized world and called it the gold standard. These people don't know what they're talking about, and they just prove it more and more every election cycle. I thought that the 2018 <laughs> midterms were going to be bonkers, and then look at this. I, uh, I, 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 I would like to say that I smoke weed because I am just waiting for the day that somebody tells me that uh, this has all just been uh, one big SNL skit. Yeah. And I, I can't, I don't know if I'm going to believe them if I'm sober. So, like, yeah. I'm just waiting for the day that I wake up and we all get that mass text message. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the day that I hear, like, the trigger word on, like, a fucking radio ad or something and I come out of this, like, years-long acid <laughs> trip that I didn't ask to be on. Yep. Oh my goodness. Um so <clears throat> let's 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 transition here into the our you know me and Troy both being uh well-versed uh psychology students obviously. Um that's not true. Uh we're going to go ahead and psychoanalyze the president and the soon to be president of the United States. 
Um, so, would you like to kick it off, or would you like yeah, me to kick so it off? So, should we, let's start with, uh, well, let's start with the Cheeto Boy. Because <laughs> I think what, what you're seeing with the Cheeto Boy is a similar situation that we had, uh, when I was a young youngin, uh, <laughs> with George W. Bush. Love him. Friend of the show. You, you have, the, you know, you have the person in power behind Trump, you know, whoever you might want to think it is, whether you think it's, you know, Pence really running things or whether he's deferring to Mitch McConnell on everything, but you're seeing a situation where the president is not the person with the power. Mm -hmm. The president is the figurehead, the person that, you know, allowed his party to get into office and appoint all of these other ghouls like Betsy DeVos and Steve Mnuchin to these positions that hold real power over mm -hmm. these huge regulatory agencies. It was like, George Bush was that fun guy that everybody, that fun <laughs> Republican that everybody, you know, loves to remember now. He was a cowboy. Yeah. Except he was from, like, a, a big finance, like... His fucking dad was president! Uh, yeah, but, but wasn't he, um... Because he went and bought a ranch. I was listening to a pod about this. He went and bought a ranch like a month and a half before he decided to run for president. And he did He did not come from... Like, he wasn't a country bumpkin. He wasn't a, a He's cowboy. He's from Texas, but that doesn't make him a fucking <laughs> he, cowboy. He, uh, he had it in with a lot of the big oil companies in Texas. He was kind of like a brown-nosing bureaucrat his whole childhood and into his, you know, adult years. And then, boom... You know, a month before he's president, all of a sudden he's this, again, bumbling buffoon this who's just a lovely class little... cowboy from yeah. Texas. What did you say? George Bush oil? I don't know. Something about that <laughs> just, you know, makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like we fought a whole war over it or something. Yeah, but it's like, if you look at... If you try and compare the Trump presidency with the Bush presidency or Trump with Bush directly, you know, a lot of people wear rose-colored glasses about you know, George Bush and his presidency, but if you really line them up, you know, George Bush might have been the more evil person. Oh, for certain. I mean... I think, I think the issue comes in, like, um, I think the issue of cognitive function is where it comes into play, because I think if you look at, like, and I, I mean, I'm fucking 21 years old, so I mean, it's not like I've been, you know, paying attention to Trump's movements his whole fucking life, but if you look at George Bush, and then you look at Trump, George Bush, his father was president, and that was a big reason why he was able to get it in with a lot of oil companies, and, you know, kind of do the bureaucrat thing, and, uh, really, really get to... Well, he also became governor of Texas, yeah. too. Um, the, the reason he was able to do that was because of, you know, a lot of his father, but he was also, you know, in, in, in intelligent politician. He kind of knew how to play he his cards. He was Picker, yeah, he, he knew, knew how to play the games. <laughs> he knew how to play the games. Uh, whereas I feel like Trump, he was handed genuinely everything his whole life. Like, if you look at the steady decline of Trump's, you know, business from when his father was running shit to literally five years after it was to when put his into dad his was cutting deals <laughs> with the mafia, yeah. securing a future for his family, there being was a, a big huge... motherfucker in New York real estate. There was a huge decline as soon as the, the business went into Donald Trump's hand, The you know, the, our president, uh, as soon as the business went into his hands. And I think it's genuinely because he 
I, I don't think he's an evil mastermind. I don't think he's stupid. I think he's learned through years and years of being in the business of, you know, big business billionaires and millionaires and being a fucking piece of shit. Like, I think he knows how to play the game now. But I definitely don't think that he is, like, as evil as George Bush. Because I genuinely think you could have put Donald Trump in any environment that he just, you know, that you fucking, you know, breastfed him the whole time. And he would have just mirrored that environment. Mm -hmm. I don't think Donald Trump even fucking knows who he is. And that's exemplified when you look at how he really governs because literally Trump's main driving force in his life is to just not look like a loser. Mm. So like he doesn't operate on any kind of like basis of understanding or any knowledge that you can comprehend. It's literally he analyzes every problem in which way am I going to look more like a loser? And he takes the the other side. Like that's all he does. (laughs) There's two things that I wanted to bring up. One... The rules of the game, the game of politics, changed significantly from when George W. Bush became president after Bill Clinton to when Donald Trump ran against Hillary Clinton in 2016. Oh, for sure. Donald Trump acts like a moron. Yeah, like outwardly. But he <laughs> acts like a working class... You know, he acts southern... like my fucking dad. He yes, acts like yes, my he dad. He is the country's dad. <laughs> like he bad dad that is yes. i don't like my dad i would he like to point like that the out abusive father yeah. that the united states never wanted but in the back of their mind secretly needed you know who he reminds me of and it's really funny because i watched this movie yesterday he to anyone who gets this i really hope you understand this reference he reminds me of percy jackson's stepfather <laughs> yeah <laughs> just the alcoholic <laughs> just piece of shit who just beats his mom yeah oh my it turns God. out in the end that his fucking idiocy was the <laughs> the the thing that was hiding percy the whole time yeah just his yeah. fucking stench his stench is what hid percy from the gods and you know what genuinely that is exactly what the president of the United States has become as a position. It's literally just been hiding the stench of what is actually happening in the country. I mean, right, but it's like Donald Trump is the guy that got into office and then he was like, hmm, I got to take a shower. <laughs> the stench, yeah. the stench can't belong here. I don't, I don't smell. <laughs> but then, you know, it's just mask off with all this fucking cuts to the EPA. Mm-hmm. And I think that the piece of legislation that Donald Trump signed that best, like, personifies his presidency is his, you, you know, if you're going to make a piece of legisla- uh, of regulation, you have to get rid of two regulations in its place. <laughs> like, that's just the type of nonsense legislation <laughs> That someone like Donald Trump thinks is so <laughs> profound. He's it's like, like it's he's like, like, I he was he was just sitting in front of his fucking fireplace, like just you know, just really fucking. He was like, how how do we make butt what? ass naked? As I'm sure he is all the time, eating except a, for when eating a Big Mac with no <laughs> and Big an Mac egg, sauce, and no an vegetables, an egg McMuffin. But all right, let's all right, okay, yeah. So that yes, he's fucking stupid. Um. But I really want to get into a discussion about who we think is genuinely, like, operating at a higher level. So, I want to say, personally, that I think that they these are the two most evenly matched 
cognitive thinkers in existence. Like, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump in any this competition. Shit's, this shit's like Tyson versus Ali in their prime. In any kind of competition. Demented politician in the country. They are the most uh, just accurately pitted people. Um, so we, of course, had... Well, it's like, it's perfect because it's like you have the manic demented, which is Trump, and then the depressive, which is Biden. <laughs> Trump, if he fucks up a sentence, he just rolls straight through that shit. He's like, I didn't, I didn't fuck up. You fucked up. You fucked up. You can't listen. But Biden, it's like he says the wrong word or slurs his word. Just he just apologizes. He's like, uh, yeah, uh, I forgot, uh, what I was saying. Sorry. So... All right, so of course you had that test that Trump took recently, the cognitive functioning test that he That's says a fucking that, rhino. that he I know says that, that he says he aced, and all the doctors have never seen anybody do that well on a test. So I would like to analyze and say I would like to start from the beginning that I think Trump is firing at a few more cylinders than Biden because Trump is, if anything able to manipulate people. Whereas Joe Biden has proven time and time again that he offers absolutely nothing and does not actually care to offer anything that would make anyone want to support him. Joe Biden's like official uh, press statement is literally just, if you don't like it, go vote for Trump. Like he is, Go vote for the other Biden. Yeah, he's effectively just decided, I am just going to stand here, and if people care enough to not want him in office, I'm sure they're going to vote mm-hmm. for me. And the fucking DNC was like, sure, let's give him a shot. At this point, at this point, I would... Oh, wait, but uh, the cognitive test. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I read somewhere that that test, um, is, like, it's like one of those tests where it's like, uh, if the, the clock is, you know, the big hand is facing at 12 and the small hand is facing at 10, what time is it? Um, so it's like, essentially, uh... I don't know, like a six-year-old's cognitive functioning test. And I mean, is there any test that is more accurate to give to our president? It's like, (laughs) this test isn't even specifically designed to, like, measure how intelligent a person is. It's basically measuring whether or not they have enough fucking brain capacity to sit through the entire question and listen to it. Exactly. And it's all about problem solving, basically. It's really like... Problem solving (laughs) is a fucking glorified way to put it. Uh It's about knowing how to tell time and (laughs) having read a book about animals before. Or, um, I believe there was a question. I believe there was genuinely one of those, if Sally has 20 apples and eats three apples, how many? I guarantee you there was a question like that on there. And so, I mean, he, he bragged about how he aced that shit. But what I was, where I was going with the manipulation thing and how Joe Biden is effectively just a, a shell is that Trump at least in is a Trump is a fantastic liar. Like he is the type of liar that knows you know that he's lying and, and, he'll stu- just and still and he just do fucking it. does it. And he has convinced a genuine that's the thing that I don't think people understand. Like he has convinced like a genuine like a base of people million people that like. he is like the fucking god. So like the fact that he's able to do that kind of shows me that he's like at least 
manipulative. So he's at least intelligent enough to manipulate. But I think he has also shown that he has absolutely no credentials to be president. Because, again, he makes decisions based off of the ability to make himself look like a real winner. And that's all he gives a shit about. Yeah. So, I don't know if you know about this, but they... Some, uh... Some media company bullshit, fucking Netflix original, whatever. They did a spotlight on the Trump kids. Yes. Documentaries. <laughs> and so, if you just... I imagine that Donald Trump's presidency is a lot like what it was like for Eric Trump working at the Trump Industries. <laughs> it's like, they bring him into a room and they're like, okay, Donald, which one of these three pictures do you want to use for the, your Oval Office portrait? And he walks in and he goes... These are all terrible. Hate them. Hate them. Three new ones. And then they're like, okay, but what about this one? And he looks <laughs> they at just it and he's to like, the first one yeah, again. And he's like, he's like mm, is this new? And they're like, yes, yes, brand new. Just got it. And he's like, I love uh, it. I lo- love it. Love it. <laughs> it's the best picture anyone's ever taken. Listen, listen, can we can we blow this up and display it on the Lincoln Memorial? I want Lincoln to have a blanket. Me and Lincoln, we would have gotten along so well. We were we Republicans. Were, we were, were both Republicans. <laughs> we both love to give speeches. We're both so good at giving speeches. He, that Gettysburg speech, it was no, short, no, sweet, no, to the point. No, he wouldn't even remember. He'd be like, that that one about the slaves, that was a good one. That you was know, a good one. Score, four yeah. score, four score. I, I score all the time. I sco- <laughs> uh, Me and my wife, I score with her all the time. If it was and me, if Ivanka I- wasn't my daughter, I'd be scoring with her too. <laughs> You know, I scored five times, Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> but yeah, I actually am a way better scorer than Lincoln. If you look at the history books, it's right there. Oh my God, how did we not talk about it? Did you see his interview with the the guy who went and talked to him about the pandemic? Yeah, and he I did, saw clips of Dude, the years. only clip that I saw was the one where he was like... Uh, you can't do that. He was like, you're looking at the uh, deaths per population. You can't do that. Why not? What do you mean, why not? Because that's not how the statistic is taken. You're making up a whole nother statistic. That'd be like if I was like, um, oh, I don't even have a great analogy because it's that fucking stupid. Because it's literally just making up a whole nother statistic and comparing it to other statistics that measure other things. It's like pretending that somehow this fucking bar chart that he printed off Microsoft (laughs) office three hours before the interview had some fucking staffer do. Pretending that these statistics and those statistics just are completely incompatible. <laughs> it's like, no, you can have, like, the per population, per capita, <laughs> and then overall numbers. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, the numbers don't mean that the other numbers are wrong. And it's just like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. And it's situations like that that prove that Trump is more with it than Biden. Yeah. Because if something like that happened with Biden, He'd be Biden like, okay. would take the other guy's chart, look at it and go, "Hey Jack, hey Fat, um, you know, I don't I never seen these numbers before, but you know, uh, whatever, you know, let's talk about your numbers, Jack, Fat." fat and we we'll, we will be we will be talking about it and we we will be thinking about it. And, you know, uh, Cord Pop told me numbers <laughs> once. 
That corn pop story. <laughs> that, all right. So <laughs> I hate to keep bringing that up no, because it was so it. long ago. I love but it. It's, it's like, my favorite. I am going to tell my children that story before they go to bed every I'm going night. to tell them that I was corn pop. No, I'm waiting for the memes when you remember. You know the, you know the memes where it's like a, a young girl was sad, but then somebody told her like, don't be sad, be happy. And that girl turned out to be Michelle Obama. I'm waiting for the the meme that's gonna come up that's like corn pop or Joe Biden was you know he was he was empathetic with corn pop and he told him that how corn was. pop and grew that corn up pop to be grew up Barack, to Barack Obama. Obama. <laughs> I've been waiting and I've been waiting for it and it hasn't shown up yet. But okay, uh, <laughs> but here but here's the thing, I think that. Biden's VP pick of Kamala. Oh my God! Proves he has that no cognitive he, function. He is not driving this fucking car. There is some. He's in the back seat on a fucking booster seat. He's in Me one of those wild. motorcycle sidecars. Fucking. I don't know. Just Lane Maxwell's driving the car with Epstein in the passenger seat. Oh my goodness! And it's just like you know, Hillary Clinton's in the back. <laughs> We're gonna end up turning Will this Nas into a fucking Epstein pod. I swear to God. Oh um, my goodness. Um, it's just Kamala Harris. <laughs> after fifty days, fifty Kamala plus days. Harris. Have you seen? the tweet that Kamala put out where it was like, I would never support Joe Biden because he was a friends with segregationists and I was that little girl with the busing. And then it's like 10 days later, I am proud to support Joe Biden. They're posing together in fucking pictures being like buddies. But my favorite thing is like, Kamala made her her presidential run like she got as far as she did because she was like the the girl that was throwing punches at Joe yeah. Biden. Like that's people and that's the thing about that's that's why we have Joe Biden and Donald Trump that people in this country just give a shit about one-liners and stuff like that and they're like, "Oh, that Kamala, she's not she's not scared to say anything. I'd love to have her as president well, or vice president, the, I should say." The thing with Biden is so many Americans are just content with going back to a perceived good old days of oh, the fucking 08 financial crisis and, and the, the DNC knows that looting of Main Street that happened following it. The DNC knows that. I mean, like... Did, it, have you watched any of the convention? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I saw, I saw the some... The only clip I saw was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez endorsing Sanders, Sanders for yeah, president at that, the convention. That made me happy because I was uh, I was quite upset with her when with her initial uh decision to possibly endorse Biden after Bernie dropped out. And I was... I'm, I, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think... We've, I think with the Black Lives Matter protests and everything like that, if they've shown anything, it's that we've progressed past the need for Sanders. But I will say that... That progressives have found a, uh, a, a, an avenue for change that doesn't run through this fucking 77-year-old <laughs> Jewish guy from Vermont. Yeah. Um, I, I believe, though, that if I were to want to support anyone that's really got a shot, which Bernie doesn't, uh, he would be the one that I would go for simply just because he, I think is at least aware of the fact that he is not, uh, you know, 
long for time on this earth. And I think he would actually genuinely appoint someone like Ocasio Cortez to a much Nina more powerful, Turner, you, know? Um, you know, position. Nina Turner. I th- I genuinely think he would be Stacey able to. Stacey Abrams is who should have been the vice presidential Mm -hmm. pick if Joe Biden was anywhere near with it. Or whoever's driving this fucking bus. Yeah, but I I genuinely, I mean, there's so little of me that believes this that I feel awful even sharing it. But there is a small part of me that genuinely thinks that we are so far down the line of just capitalists being in charge for so long that at this point, they're literally just playing fucking games with us. Like, that they're like, we're gonna put these two absolute fucking shitheads and make them your two picks, basically, for president. And, and we're going to convince you don't vote for the pedophile. You're voting for the pedophile. Yep. And I mean and I mean I this is turned into a whole thing. But let's just fucking go with it at this point. So then let's finish off the the initial point and say so are we in agreement Trump's firing? Trump Trump's firing on more than all cylinders. He's got <laughs> cylinders going in his fucking He's head. got the best cylinders. <laughs> his cylinders so round, so firing, so greasy. So greasy. <laughs> but the thing is, like his cylinders are firing way too hard. One of these days he's going to fucking blow a gasket. Donald so, Trump is going to die of a brain aneurysm I read in 2021. <laughs> Right after he steps down the fucking steps of the Oval Office, Secret Service is gonna have to catch his limp body as it fucking falls over and sideways. It's just gonna turn out to be like three. He's like, gonna crack people. his head off of the steps of the White House, and instead of a brain leaking out, it's just gonna be a McDonald's vanilla milkshake. <laughs> Pours out the fucking with a cherry cream. on top, still ready. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. But so if yeah, Biden sure. did the same thing, he. You know, all of his brain would just leak down the sidewalk because it's mush. It's yeah. mush. There's no, there's no form. There's no substance. It would just be like a really runny peach cobbler. It would be like a fucking pudding pop. <laughs> like it would literally be like, be a it, melted fudge sickle. <laughs> it would be like if someone took a a gallon of strawberry ice cream and put it in the microwave for thirty minutes. <laughs> So, yeah, we, we are in agreement that I, I don't think... I mean, I'm casting my my uh, guess that Biden will probably come up running. I think, Bi- I think Biden November. could win this. I, I, I think, pe- I, I, I think I there's think, a lot of people riding with Biden. I, well, I don't think... I mean, he's going to win for the same reason that Trump won in 16. I mean, nobody... It's a vote against negative partisanship, my yeah, friends. Yeah. This is the word that we need to learn for the 21st century. Yep, this we is are not gonna... voting for candidates anymore. We're we are voting, voting against. against the other ones. It's what's going to perpetuate us into the dark tomorrow. I mean, we've been doing lesser than evil voting for like six decades at this point. And at this point, I mean... John Kerry you, is you, the lesser of the evils. You George don't, Bush. <laughs> you don't even have like a lesser of two evils because like... They're both being run by the same... And I mean, that's another thing. you got the DNC operating on this... This basis of just wanting to appeal to, like, good-hearted Republicans. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially, like, what they're... Moderate ba- Republicans, as if the fucking Republican Party didn't turn into an extremist party in the Yeah, 80s. moderate Republicanism is, like, just... Uh, you know who's a moderate uh, Republican? 
fucking Barack Obama. Yeah. Those people, the moderate Republicans, have already been, you know, Present. brought in. They've already been co-opted into the Democratic Party. The Democratic... We don't have a Democratic Party and a Republican Party. We have a Republican Party and the Republican Light Party. Yeah. As Kyle Kalinske, Secular Talk, has put it. Great guy. But these people in the Democratic Party in power would have been moderate Republicans in any political system that made sense, like, say, before <laughs> the civil rights realignment. Yeah, and, I mean, it goes without saying that, I mean, not neither one of them has it in them to solve any problems that we're going to be facing in no, this six is months. No, this is going to be a team sport. And, yeah. You know, which, no matter which one. If we, if we, if America exists in three years, it has nothing <laughs> to do with anyone in the Oval Office. That, yeah. that much is... There are, there are cultural forces at work in the United States right now that might put uh, a little bit more strain on the country as a whole uh-huh. than, than one presidential election or even a series of a few presidential elections like people might think from 2016 mm-hmm. onward. I was listening to uh, a Chopopod this morning, actually, where they were talking about how... Uh, or not a Chopopod. This was a uh, uh, discourse. Discourse. Uh-huh. I found a lot of pods, actually. Um, I got added to a Facebook group, so nice. I know. It's pretty cool. Um, so I was listening to them, and th- they presented a point that I feel like is valid. Um, I mean, as much as, obviously, we don't want Biden for president, uh, they were talking about how they feel that a Biden presidency would at least, at, at the very least, be responsive to a mass movement of That's some right. sort. And because I think that the mass movement that we might be seeing is one related to climate specifically. I agree. Young people know that we are fucked. And go ahead. Yeah, like I, so this garbage salon article that we were talking about earlier. I have I have a little bit of a quote that is related. Scholars like Mike Davis, Boo, and Chris Hedges Yay. Have, uh, I, I met Chris Hedges once, actually. Fun fact. Yeah. Exciting. Uh, yeah. Colgate. Uh, have reflected in recent interviews that the 2020 election is not just an election between Biden and Trump, but a referendum on the future of the planet and the existence of the human race. I mean, yeah, but... So, the reason why... The same reason we were saying earlier that, you know, Biden is the depressive... Uh, cognitive decline is like Biden would just so easily cave to mm-hmm. if if he would come up Jack look at all these people out there outside the white <laughs> office you know what they want the white office says it right to Kamala too. Kamala Kamala you know me and you here in this white office we you know Look at all those people out there, those young people. They want change. And then Kamala would look at him right in the face and say, I am the change that we need. Fuck the climate. These people are going to burn. Wait. All right. So I have this side note. Can you believe that Trump hasn't outwardly said the N-word yet? Like, I, I really... He's probably come so close. I really, really, really am expecting... I'm surprised there hasn't been, like, a tape from some cabinet meeting where he's just, like... Like the Nixon like one. Like, with this Black Lives Matter... With, like, the Black Lives Matter Oh, yes. He obviously know? hates that. He... 
very obviously has some opinions about the type of people out in the streets. I'm so surprised that we haven't seen, like, a fucking Access Hollywood tape where he's calling them... <laughs> He is probably Just using like the sl- oldest slur reviving, you ever reviving think of. slurs that haven't been used since the 1910s. Just calling them like fucking. But for the wrong ethnic yes, group, he's gonna start calling them fucking guinea wops <laughs> and fucking. Grease balls, and we're just gonna have to remind him that Italians have been co-opted into the white race, and he's gonna say, "But, but they're dark. They're dark. They're dark. What can I say?" God, subtle casual Republican racism is yeah. The, the so it's just so boring. The new yeah. racism. It it really is. It needs where an where are the days? Where's of, the like, excitement? Senator Byrd dropping the fucking N bomb with the hardest R you've ever heard on the fucking floor of the Senate. Oh my god. Where is, where are the times, and even like the 90s when you had that one senator or uh, congressperson talking about homos in the military <laughs> on the fucking floor of Congress and Bernie had to yell at him. Yeah. Like, where are those times? <laughs> I long for, I yearn for a time where, where you the can... racism and homophobia was just out in the open and people couldn't be like Donald Trump supports the LGBTQ community <laughs> while having Mike, Mike Pence as his right vice president. Yeah. I just can't believe this shit. I really can't either. Um, so to switch gears here a little bit, cause you kind of hit on it earlier with a little, uh, offhanded remark, but so I, I did a, a I'm going to do an essay series where I write three or four essays and that as like a blog post that and then do a podcast reviewing them. So, I mean, I don't, think you would have read it because i posted it literally two hours ago (laughs) but um i kind of go over a few different things but the main underlying message is uh this country's replacing of like actual facts and truths with like uh understood culture and how i think that's not just even our country i think that's the entire world yes We've essentially replaced... Like, we definitely have no such thing as political... We haven't had political discourse in this country since, like, the fucking 30s. We also <laughs> haven't had, like, political objectivity Mm-mm. in decades. No, it's all party-based. It's all fucking, um... Really capital-based. I mean, when mm. you look at, um... Like, for example, what I was talking about in the... the uh, the essay was that when you look at something like the Constitution, uh, the, you know, not the Articles of Confederacy, but, like, the, the one that was ratified in 1788 that everyone references, um, it was written by people who weren't even representative of the America that existed then. No, they were, they were all the, wealthy people. They were, they were all the wealthy, white, male, educated, slave-owning people, all except for two. You know, we really want to... Yeah, give a round of applause. Applaud those, applaud those people that didn't have slaves themselves, but still benefited from the economic system of slavery. Yeah, and so I kind of talked about how I mean, 
we haven't revised the Constitution in 250 years, really, except for adding... In any significant way. Except for... I mean... And here's... You have to think. One of the amendments... We've had, like, 27, 28 amendments in several hundred years. One of those amendments was to ban alcohol, and then there was another one to repeal that. Mm -hmm. So, you have to take two away from whatever number of (laughs) amendments we have. We've got fucking pay increases for federal representatives as one of them. We had to fucking ban slavery with yeah, one of them. Yeah, because we had we're to go out, actually. To, like, we had to have a whole, like, constitutional amendment to ban the allow sale. Allow women to of, fucking... To allow women <laughs> to vote, to let black people be humans. Like, and that's a... I was watching... Uh, do you watch some more news? No, I don't. You should... You, you'd get really into it. But um, he was talking about how, like... The people who say, like, systemic racism doesn't exist are so blatantly stupid because why then do we have to continuously pass laws time and time again Mm -hmm. to make the Mm -hmm. systems less racist? Mm -hmm. Like, if the systems weren't racist, we wouldn't have ever had to pass a law that said, oh, by the way, black people are allowed uh, in public space as human beings. people (laughs) act like fucking... Jim Crow segregation wasn't, like, around when their grandparents were Mm -hmm. our age, you know? It's like, these people pretend that slavery ended and black people were equal as soon as the Civil War was over. As if there wasn't several decades of reconstruction and occupation of the South. As if there wasn't fucking lynchings and beatings and executions and, and literal false accusations that ex- and you systems know. that exist to disproportionately disallow uh, black people, people of color, their civic to, rights to, to, al- to vote, to, to gain to, wealth, to really have any upward mobility. And then it's like it's not even about the the laws. Even most of the time, it's like, you, do you know about the bombing of Tulsa? Yeah, like. Things like that. And There's bombing, the, a bombing in Philadelphia that took out a huge wealthy black community. And it's then like, I, I believe was it, I believe that there were white supremacists who also went into uh, Black Wall Street, and that's in Tulsa, right? Mm-hmm, that and, was the Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, and they like the Tulsa raids, and they went and just like started fucking. Ki- but that's the thing, like. Well, not to mention, Central Park was built on top of a very affluent (laughs) black community. Yeah, they just took them out of their homes. They literally just removed their. They made them have to live outside. They did to this black community what Israelis are doing to Palestinians right now. Oh my goodness! I had so my um my buddy. Well, I don't. He works with me. My buddy Ryan that I work with, he's Jewish, and he was. I told him I was like, I don't really know a whole lot of history about you know Israel and Gaza and everything like that and so I was like you know go ahead and give me a little lesson and uh I found out nice 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 and quick that he's definitely uh Israeli yeah he's he's definitely an Israeli nationalist he's definitely like very anti-Palestinian but he you know what and I've never heard this one I've never heard this one but he has a Palestinian friend (laughs) He actually what? said that. 
So I was talking to him about that, and I was like, you have to understand that whoever is in control is going to say that they did it the right way, and the other people trying to, you know, be treated like human beings um, are actually the bad guys who are trying to take your freedom and your, yeah. you know, rights away from you. And we have that shit in this country. I mean, the dumbest, the dumbest concept for me is borders, because you could literally build such better infrastructure, such better across economics, borders. if you could build across borders, if you could have well, a land European mass, Union. but the European Union is also bullshit, but it's uh, definitely a much better there, example there that we have. There are aspects of the European Union that we should try and copy within our own hemisphere. I definitely agree. But the unelected, bureaucratic, pro-capital, pro-business, pro-banking, pro-finance aspects of the EU are what we as the left have to stand against. Yes. <laughs> kind of on principle. Yeah, the, but, you know, that whole idea of, you know, being able to move freely across borders, to be able to move, to work across borders, you, you, that kind of... You, you can't know. have... Okay, so here's the thing. You have so much technology that the human race has created that to try to withstand and hold true any kind of physical border on a landmass is so fucking idiotic because I literally can just go on my phone and talk to who like I don't need to cross this border of course it would make things so much easier if I did but it's so stupid you'd have a massive new tax bracket that's going to be reeling in much more money for the government if you're taxing that many more people. You know what I mean? You're health going to have more jobs. Health you're, insurance would be cheaper for everybody because you expand the risk pool. Exactly. You you got, you know, um, I, I genuinely feel like if we were to uh, take, say, just North America and just I evolve it into... It, like, not even have... In this the is, United <laughs> Nations of America. <laughs> yeah. But, like... To just have them all exist with one another and like I feel like that would even just be a step in the right direction to kind of get rid of the this idea that you have to be a member of a certain group or class or creed or whatever a certain country uh, in order to be one uh, really allowed to survive. I mean, with all these people coming from different countries, it's not like they're coming here because they want to live in the United States. They're I not mean, coming here if because they're millionaires the trying to become billionaires. If you've watched the news, most people probably wouldn't want to be escaping to the United States as of late. But there still are, which means that they have to. So to turn them away and be like, nope, because you actually were born in a different country uh, is just insanely stupid to me because it doesn't doesn't it it is and America is such a, a pro profit you know business and that's what America is it's a it's a business it's three businesses in a trench coat pretending to be a government yep um if they actually were intelligent and were you know operating in any kind of logical fashion again they wouldn't want to build borders because borders you know, border patrol, all those things like that. Yeah, it makes some money sending them to prisons and probably selling them, you know, children on the black market and stuff like that through ICE and shit. But if you could look at it in a, a, a full scale and realize, you know, like you said, health insurance goes down, you know, the taxes, the jobs, everything like that, that would be created by allowing just people to move freely well, across the landmass. Well, not to mention landmass. access to resources from, you know, Central America 
you know, you wouldn't trade, have to shipping. do coops. Right? You wouldn't, you, there would still be coups. There yeah. Would. Well, did we, you, we have a fucking coup in the United States yeah. right now. As a quick aside, did you see Elon Musk going on that really oh. insane Twitter rant? I did a like, podcast episode like, about it. Where he's like, we will coup who we want. Yeah, some random kid just commented. Um, How you about know that lithium for you, Bolivia? You know, you know what's not in the interest of Bolivian people? Coups by, you know, the United States and you know, companies like you. And this man, Elon Musk, just full mask off moment, yeah. just goes, we will coo He didn't we want. just take his fucking mask off. He ripped he his shed whole his skin. skin off of yeah, his face. Yeah, and fucking... Uh, Revealed the fucking <laughs> Terminator parts that are lying beneath it. That man is a fucking alien, if I've ever seen one. And I was life. talking at work yesterday uh, to my buddy Scott about how he's not even, like... Okay, so Elon Musk has a high IQ, but IQ doesn't necessarily measure anything other than intelligence, ability to it's really... It's just your ability to read and use information that you've read to solve a problem. It has nothing to do with being able to build a fucking car. Yeah. Like, he has teams and teams of, of engineers that get engineers. paid fucking $40,000 a year to work in literal, like... Hell world OSHA violation fucking and if I, insane safety conditions where every fucking factory just has a fire every three days and I, people are constantly just like being pushed off of catwalks by cranes that yep. are just moving steel beams around. If I remember reading correctly, so he is from South Africa, yes. correct? And his mother and father owned some kind of emerald m- mine. And so this existed during apartheid and yes. then apartheid, you know, kind of goes away and now all of a sudden Elon Musk is an American citizen. Well, it's very, very, very funny that Elon Musk is a white South African because if he was a black South African, chances are he would have never gotten to the position that Mm-mm. he was in. Mm-mm. Yeah. That, that whole apartheid thing in South Africa, for those who don't know, worse than segregation in the United States was by far. Mm-hmm. There was so much persecution of Mandela, Mandela and, you know, his Congress Party members. And, you know, people always think of Mandela as this peaceful protester, this, you know, who just did these boycotts and these, you know, tried to get... Because that's how we love to remember our revolutionaries. But what people don't know is that the reason he was arrested and imprisoned was because he was working with what the government would call terrorists. Uh Uh-huh. If, you know, people, if, you know... He was South Africa's Malcolm X. Yeah. He was the person that both was able to give speeches in public and articulate things and go underground and fucking train gorillas how to shoot politicians. Yep. He was the same type of guy as Malcolm X was, but we try to remember him as this peaceful revolutionary because that's what is in the best interest of, you know, our state. We don't Uh want militants. We want these peaceful protesters that can get shot in the fucking head with rubber bullets and taken care of. Yep. And, uh, I mean, to that point, um, I I had a conversation with my grandma the other day about the necessity for peaceful protests 
And I, uh, so my grandma is 88 years old. She grew up in Pennsylvania, but oddly enough, she went to school in a non-segregated school before it was like the law. So, and she also grew up in a community that had like some wealthy, you know, black people. So like she genuinely has like not a racist bone in her body, which is really weird because she's also a devout Christian. Um, but 88 year old (laughs) devout, probably Catholic. Okay. No, she oh, is Protestant. Oh, we got a wasp. In the, <laughs> we got a wasp in the building. Um, so we uh, damn a wasp, a northeastern wasp who doesn't have a racist bone in her body. Isn't it Did weird? Did you find fucking Bigfoot too? <laughs> yeah. So I was having a talk with her about uh, like Martin Luther King's ideas on capitalism, uh, and like his you know more revolutionary speeches and actions that he took and things like that, and she was like. Well, I didn't know any of that was going on. And my, I wonder why. My grandma actually uh, at one point was going to make an attempt to go to uh, some of the, not the sit-ins, but um, there were some decent-sized riotings in New York City as well. And she had all good intentions to go, and she ended up having uh, my mom. Uh, <laughs> So, but, yeah, but, um, yeah, no, so, yeah, so, the way that history remembers revolutionaries will always be as the peaceful, um, you know, politician or negotiator or whatever, like you said, because it's always going to be in the best interest of the powers that be. But I think that, um, and I forget who brought this up. We're nearing uh, 60 minutes and I'm going to have to cut it and probably start recording again because I don't know how much longer you want to talk. All right. (laughs) Um, we're going to keep that in, but keep it, keep it. We don't cut anything. Um, This is raw dog right here. (laughs) Yep. That's, uh, I'm raw and your dog. (laughs) Don't ever say that again. So, um, but I think that we're genuinely running out of time or rather running out of people to convince that that is the true nature of revolutionaries. Mm -hmm. I think genuinely with the, the, the youths that are, they're coming up today and the The world, the, the world that they're growing up in. Uh, with technology and their availability to information and a lot of actually genuinely large size leftist movements. I'm on TikTok. TikTok genuinely, like, I get a lot of shit on there that's leftist and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and that usually had, like, I saw a video of the Portland protest that had like 3.7 million views mm-hmm. um, or likes, I should say. But so I genuinely think that they are going to lose their grip on being able to convince people that the way to go about social and political change uh is through electoralism or I think I think electoralism has been so insignificant over the past, you know, few decades. You know, at least since the year 2000 electoralism hasn't produced any type of significant, you know, systemic change. Mm-hmm. I think that the the young people of America, you know, our age, a little older and then younger than us they're becoming extremely, you know, 
disillusioned with voting, with represent, with like representation. Because they they've never seen so they've never seen the representative <laughs> government do something that is in their best interest. It's like the closest we could have had is if maybe the during this whole coronavirus pandemic we actually got some like decent fucking stimulation, uh-huh. like if you know college students weren't exempt if. Anyone claimed as a dependent by their parent, grandparent wasn't exempt. You know, if if there was any type of economic relief for college students, for young people, for anything like that. Yeah, I definitely think that would, would have been the move that they would have wanted to take to keep the young generation yeah. on their side. That was a very but, dumb but, move. But instead, it's like, you know, I... I graduated from college. I was, like, in the process of graduating from college. I was mainly trying to support myself because I don't come from a very wealthy family. And I get fucking shafted because my grandpa claimed me as a dependent on his taxes last year. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't file last year because I didn't have a job last year. This year, (laughs) I'm fucked. And then it's like, you know, the New York passed this thing called... Uh, or distributed funds through the the CARE Act that distributed <laughs> funds through colleges, but it's like depending on where you went to school, you didn't get jack shit. Right, like, exactly. Like my fiance goes to SUNY Poly. Hey, and yeah, <laughs> and she got like eight hundred dollars. Oh, she got eight hundred dollars. That's yeah. nice. I got a hundred and fifty. I got a hundred. You know, it was something like that. I don't know how much of that was like a like her refund versus what was from the CARES Act. But you know, I go to Colgate and I'm a poor kid and my CARES Act money was like eleven hundred and fifty eight dollars. Mm-hmm. That's because Colgate was allocated like millions more dollars than somewhere like any of the SUNY schools. And it's like when like something give... like seventy percent of Colgate's student population is in the top twenty percent. Yeah, and they're they're just like all oh, these underprivileged kids. We'll we'll go all ahead. these underprivileged <laughs> rich fucks who just need more money to buy cocaine. Um. So I mean, yeah, I I <laughs> I don't even. Yeah. So like the world is coming to an end, and we don't even have health care. Um, so, like... Yo, if the world is coming to an end, like... At least let get, me go to the I doctors get, for free, dog. If I get hit by a fucking meteorite or, like, a piece of, like, shrapnel from a anti-aircraft missile, like, I can't even get, like, fucking stitches in my head without owing somebody, like... The rest of your life. $3 million. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean... Just to finish up here we'll kind of jump back to the the last point i was going off of so the culture replacing the truth so i have oh, that's what we were talking yeah, about yeah <laughs> yeah we're not very good at staying on topic but um well topic is a very broad term you know <laughs> don't like to we don't like to box ourselves in here folks um so the culture replacing the truth i found to be kind of uh something that I, i'm unable to take my mind off of mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. as of late and i i, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts we kind of actually made our way into it there briefly by accident but i wanted to get your thoughts on um so i'm of the belief that electoralism is dead we have no significant uh socialist party in the country we have no significant left party uh at all we have a far right movement and a little bit 
less far-right movement in this country. <laughs> and I wanted to get your opinion on, with, you know, obviously, climate crisis impending, yeah. everything going on in this world. Um, one, what your thoughts on electoralism are, and two, if you plan on voting in November. Okay. So you said you think electoralism is, like, dead. Like, mm-hmm. stick a fork in it, it's done. Been dead. You see... You see, I have a slightly different opinion, which is, you know, probably a first for the show, honestly. (laughs) But I think electoralism isn't dead, but it's dying. Mm. It's got, like, stage four fucking pancreatic cancer. Like, Uh. it's got, like, when's, (laughs) what is it, August? When's November? It's got that many months (laughs) to live, I think. Because, you know, unless something fucking incredible happens, like Howie Hawkins gets 15% of the national vote, or whatever that fucking insane Jorgensen lady is, like, unless third parties get, like, a significant fraction of the vote in this country, I think electoralism is on its way out, specifically because people aren't seeing their... results. Not only are they not seeing results, but they're not seeing any of the types of policies that they want enacted even being discussed by these people. Mm -hmm. It's like, on the far left, we have no, you know, there's no discussion about unionization of the country, climate crisis changes, minimum wage increases, health care, you know, dignity for humans, mental health resources, defunding the police. These are all policies where even if one was being significantly addressed by the Biden campaign, we might be able to be like, you know, there's one reason to get behind this guy. Mm -hmm. And then on the far right, you know, Donald Trump isn't fucking throwing black people in jail for being black. He's Mm -hmm. not ethnically cleansing the country. Right. He's not, you know turning us he's not literally like bombing brazil or not brazil because they're friends with brazil he's not literally like bombing argentina for having like a slightly non-corporatist government he's not like you know he's not bringing democracy to north korea Mm -hmm. he's not like starting a fucking third world war with china and russia these are all the goals of the the far right And I've already laid out the goals of the far left. And the thing is, the amount of people that are anywhere in between those two sides is fucking dwindling by the day. Uh-huh. It's like, with the access to to information that confirms people's already existing cognitive biases existing everywhere on the internet, when someone from... When someone who might consider themselves a Republican can, you know, a moderate Republican, can go on Breitbart or Fox or Drudge Report. That might be a fucking Democratic one. I don't know. They're all the same. (laughs) If they can go on... Drudge Report just sounds right-wing. Drudge Report sounds... Drudge Report sounds like something that, like, literally is written in the fucking sewers beneath (laughs) Selma, Alabama. Like, you know, when these websites can publish literally anything that they want to then you know you're gonna have people reading it and taking it as fact and when that happens you know that's how people become radicalized it's like on the on the right you have radicalization happening in these online forums through these different 4chan and shit like that 4chan and even fucking parts of reddit Uh and reddit banning chapo (laughs) trap house and the donald that shit yeah yeah. 
But it's like, when you have, you know, opportunities for people to literally, like, consume whatever type of information they want, whether or not it be the complete truth, part of the truth, or no truth at all, you're going to see people leaning towards more extremist ideologies, you know, on the right, right. because these are the logical conclusions of what you need to do if this information is true. Mm -hmm. Like, if... Every single fucking immigrant from Mexico is a ga- MS-13 gang member. Then you have to lock them all up. You have to fucking obviously, you know, yep, you yep. have to shoot on sight. You have to literally treat these people like animals because they're coming to kill you, your family, rape your daughter, kill your children, like yep. all that, and shit. sell sell your son sell, cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> sell all of your fucking fat sons cocaine at uh. a great price. <laughs> they're you know. So yeah, so. And if, if, to address your second question very quickly, I will be voting. I will be voting for Howie Hawkins in the presidential election because I live in New York, and if New York doesn't go blue, then I'm pretty sure the sun will explode. Uh, but I think that, you know, it comes down to congressional elections and for statewide certain. elections. For and, certain. At, you know, at these lo- more local levels, I think that electoralism isn't as dead as at the national level because... You know, my vote for keeping Claudia Tenney out of office is a significant one. Right. These elections, you know, these statewide elections can be decided by, you know, a few percentage points here and there, which translates into, you know, a couple thousand votes here and there. And I think also, too, like, I try to, and we'll probably wrap it, because we're over an hour. I think we're at an hour and 15, but uh, uh, I I wanted to address this as well. I uh, started a, a little Facebook page called Central New York People for Change, um, and I made the post in there that, you know, this pandemic and this national election and everything like that, uh, how New York has handled, you know, the issues and everything, has shown time and time again, even down to, like, Rome, um, that the money that is is available that could go to working class citizens that could go to social programs that could go towards affecting real material change is going into the hands of you know the people building the the three massive apartment buildings on base in rome mm-hmm. even though rome barely these already has real estate citizens. developers and these fucking so, absolute ghouls and gabagoyles that fucking just evict people on principle and and I think I think I created the page because it would be you know obviously beneficial to me if we were to get a real leftist movement in this area of course but I also know for a fact that the only way that we can affect real change at a national level is by first teaching people that they can affect change at a local mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. but my fear and I want this to be the final question and I'll let you riff off into the sunset and then we'll cut it um, is it too late? Is it time for a mass revolution? Here's, here's the thing it is too late to expect systemic change out of electoral politics at the national level unless that electoralism is combined with some type of mass movement that can or might not be militant in nature. The thing about the United States is that our armed forces, our army, can put down anything Mm -hmm. if need be. Any armed insurrection, any attempt at, you know, 
occupying Washington, D.C., the Capitol building, any of that type of shit. The National Guard will get involved, and the National Guard is full of fucking chuds that would love to just shoot on sight at any fucking protester they see. Mm. Because they don't actually like the Constitution. <laughs> they like what they, they like shooting think people. is in the Constitution. And they like shooting people over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, it's, it's tough to... It's tough to see any path forward that involves only voting people into office. Right. But then it's like... Oh, sorry. (laughs) But then it's like, you know, how how is it possible for us to, to continue living in a future that is so uncertain or so, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially volatile, you know? Like... How am I supposed to want to live in a future where I'm going to fucking die from carbon dioxide poisoning sitting in my living room because a fucking, you know, the heat wave this summer is, like, literally setting trees on fire Mm -hmm. or something. It's like, there are are potential outcomes for the future that are so devastating to human life on this planet that we can't even probably comprehend their scope. Right. And it's like, unless we start to kind of grapple with the idea that the decisions that we make today are have, you know, literal disaster-like effects on the future, that we're not going to have the the cajones, we're not going to have the, the drive, we're not going to have the actual, like, serious attitude about creating this type of change. Right. We, they just don't shoot politicians like they used to, man. <laughs> Why would they shoot JFK? I don't. JFK is the one that you sh- don't shoot. You shoot the fucking Reagans. Uh, I. That's a talk for a whole <laughs> other episode. But with that, folks, uh, of course, uh, it has been your boy. Thanks again to uh, my friend Troy for coming on the show once again. I'm sure we'll be hearing from him again soon. My pleasure. I love screaming into a microphone. Who doesn't nowadays? Uh, speaking of which, I gotta get like an actual podcast mic. Maybe we'll maybe we'll boost up the quality oh God, here. The oh podcast God. coming soon. Fucking bourgeois decadence over <laughs> here. You wanna fucking get a microphone? Upward What's mobility. next? What's next? We're gonna get a fucking studio. We're gonna stop sitting in our cars. We're gonna Outside, get some real air. My girlfriend's thing. apartment in the parking lot. <laughs> oh my goodness. Alrighty. Uh, if you don't already, go ahead and follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at annoying question boy. I'm waiting for the day that I can no longer say that last one because TikTok will finally have been banned. Um, <laughs> don't, even, don't even get started. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, also at Annoying Question Boy, and blogger.com at Annoying Question Boy. Uh, thanks for listening. Sorry about the super long episode. Uh, yeah, I'm not, gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to cut anything. So, uh, bye! See ya! What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is your boy, Annoying Question Boy, coming at you live. Tonight we got a little bit of just a a bonus episode here. Sorry, I'm getting all set up. Got a little bonus episode here. I've been doing bonuses left and right. Woo! Um, uh, I'm going to try to figure out in my mind's eye, uh, how it is that um, we as Americans could have gotten to this place that we're in with essentially 
our entire country just being consistently on fire. And I mean, that's been going on for decades, but 2020 surely hasn't stopped the trend. Uh, And yet have people like Joe Biden and Donald Trump be our top two possible candidates for president in 2020. Uh, I'm probably just going to go ahead and rant here. So we're going to give a little flashback to a true annoying question boy uh, type episode from fucking a month ago. I'm flashing back as if one, there's any fans of this fucking podcast and two, really, uh, as if I haven't always just kind of ranted anyways, even with a script. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and roll that fucking dank ass intro music. <laughs> 